0: hello welcome to the hoop collective podcast we talk about the nba which we're doing on monday morning because we are absolutely deployed for the playoffs um joining me from memphis where he's covering the grizzlies timberwolves slugfest is kevin arnovitz hey there and joining me from atlanta where he's uh, soon to fly down to miami i'm soon to fly back to Phoenix. I'm, I'm in uh, New Orleans, but joining me from Atlanta is Dave McMiniman. Hello, Dave.
1: Hey, what's going on guys?
0: So Kevin, uh, I have admitted I'm not on this pod. I went uh, nose to nose with uh, Mark Spears last week on the, on the Tuesday pod about how I just really don't believe in, I respect the wolves talent and I respect, I'm excited about their future but I didn't believe in them uh, in this series. I, part of it was just I had a huge respect for Memphis. Part of it is because I just think that Minnesota has not proven to be a consistent team. You've been with this series for eight or nine days now, whatever it is. Um, Spears was very, uh, very, very much of an advocate for the Wolves, and he picked them to win the series. So where are you, <clears throat> where are you at? with what we've seen in this series so far now that it's basically a three game series.
2: It's easy to forget that the wolves were the number one offensive team in basketball in the 22, 2022 calendar year. So this is a team with a depth of shot creation. We've seen towns. He can score from anywhere on the floor. He's an absolute matchup nightmare. Adams is unplayable. You know, they're playing a little whack-a-mole with getting Brandon Clark out there. They've tried Kyle Anderson, who's been reasonably effective. Um, Xavier Tillman's gotten minutes uh, and had a really nice game against him in game two. Uh, it, but you know, towns, frankly, the only person ever stopping Carl Anthony towns is Carl Anthony towns when he gets into foul trouble or gets frustrated. Um, th- you know, they're not as smart a team as Memphis. And what I mean here is I think there are too many times where Anthony Edwards becomes a one dribble pull-up jump shooter, which you're is being not- kind.
0: You're being kind. I don't mean to interrupt you. you're being kind that g- end of game four both teams were playing not high IQ basketball. I don't, I don't know how the, eloquently to say it, but I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Yes, I, I, I don't disagree. I think Memphis is better. You know, D'Angelo Russell, I, he's just not my favorite point guard in a playoff setting. He, uh, he, he just, you know, I think really talented point guard to make sure everybody eats. And, I, you know, when Towns <laughs> was complaining about, you know, he took a lot for only having four field goal attempts in that game three. And, you know, it's funny. I went back and watched it and you know what? He was asking for the ball. You know what? Russell was just, Russell was going to get going because Russell needed to get going. He needed to start pressuring the defense. And so I, I just don't think there is, is cohesive. that's what I mean, kind of a playoff setting, which just kind of requires better oil machinery. Um, but the Wolves are good and they have exerted really they They've had a decent defensive series. Um, John Moran has not gotten off. Jaron Jackson is useless offensively right now. Um, He's had a couple of big threes, but it's 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 been far and few between. Um, and Memphis has not been their best offensive self. I mean, they've had trouble, and the truth is, is we all know they could very well be down three to one in this series.
1: Towns has got to be the most frustrating quote unquote star in today's NBA. And it's not just the inconsistency of his performances, and certainly that's been part of their run so far, where you look back at Game three, what? Where he had eight points, and it's where, where is the production? But it's he compounds it by what he says. He makes the comment. He is so extra going into <laughs> the playoffs to say, right. "We are the two budding dynasties in the NBA when neither team has even won a playoff series." The other <laughs> night true. when they win Game four, he tells the sideline reporter, I think it was Jared Greenberg. You could tell out there that I'm not that excited. <laughs> because he's almost trying to, you know, control the messaging to make it known that, like, you know, I'm not getting overly excited and saying things like we're a budding dynasty and we haven't won a playoff game yet. And I, it's fascinating to me that he certainly did put himself in a, in a space to perform really well in game four. But going into game five and the remainder of the series, like, I don't know what Carl Anthony Towns I want to see.
0: You know, by the way, as a quick aside, he got a little bit of backlash in game three because he was wearing the microphone and he was like, uh, you know, during a huddle where they had the early lead before they blew the blew the game. He was like, yeah, we're in Minnesota now. We're not in Memphis. And like, you know, people were like, oh, you know, you got God. And then Ja Morant tweeted it. Is that a controversial statement? I mean, I it was corny. I mean, you know, uh, is like, you're you, you know you're in our house now is that oh no don't don't talk trash don't say you're in our house oh my god don't say you're in our house that's that's edgy that's cutting well, edge
2: i mean let, let's be honest and and you all know this as well as anyone there are certain guys who are kind of punching backs and we hear it with rudy gobert there there's not well liked. so so it, it's like anything else it's like political discourse it's, it's not even about the the thought or the opinion it's about who's saying it right And Towns is somebody who, you know, whether it's because of the Jimmy Gate, because as Dave, you said, there's something a little polished and precious and messagey about Towns at times. For whatever reason, he has like a low approval rating among fans, among peers in the league. And so he's easy to ride. Right. To your point, Brian. Right. Nothing he said was that obnoxious yet because it's Towns and because various comments in the past, because frankly, he hasn't won. Um, yet has a superstar persona. I mean, I mean, you know what I'll do. There's nothing more low than a guy who hasn't won but acts the superstar, right? Like we just don't have. Beal kind of gets a pass there because he's a good guy, but it's just something that I think people are allergic to. And for whatever reason, and Town sort of is. I don't want to say he's invited it. It just kind of has happened.
0: Yeah. Well, the other thing is, is that he's had some dud, although, you know, he's, he's still new to the playoffs. He's only had a handful of games, but he's also had some duds. He's talked. Up, oh, yeah. He's talked up, you know, himself and his team. And he's laid some duds and and they've had moments, you know, even in the regular season where you have expectations from him and he doesn't. But I have to say, like, um, you know, I liked Memphis in this series for a couple of reasons. One was their incredible depth. Uh, one, you know, one was that they, you know, they had home court advantage. And then the other, I, I just assumed that job ja was going to be terrific. I mean, jaw is an ascendant superstar. Um, you know, I'm in, I'm covering a series right now, which we'll talk about in a little while, uh, where Brandon Ingram playing in his first playoff series <clears throat> is verifying his status in the league. He scored three straight 30 point games. It has been an establishing point for, uh, for Ingram to this point. And considering jaw had some playoff experience under his belt, considering the regular season that he had, um, I had high expectations for him and look, there's only been four games played as we record this, but Kevin, he has not performed that well in his last two games. I'm looking at the numbers right now. He's uh, nine of 31 and not that you're only going to judge him on his shooting, but they need, especially in this series, they need that offensive machine going. Um, I know he had the knee injury, um, your, what is your feeling about the way Ja is performing so far in this series?
2: I think he's moving too fast. Uh, he's such a wonderfully frenetic player, like, like his kinetic energy kind of fuels them when he's on the floor. Um, but too many times, I think he's less studied. I thought game two, he was fantastic. And he was just sort of, uh, again, leveraging sort of the pressure finding open looks. Um, but too many times he has just been kind of roaring into the teeth of the paint. I, I don't think really studying the defense. And and look, he's such a, you want Ja to be Ja. He, he's driven by impulse, right? He's, this is not Chris Paul. This is not someone who is a possession control point guard. Um, And, and I thought, you know, there were times and look, he had, what, he had 15 assists the other day. And I thought, oh, yeah, he's putting up huge assist numbers. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think he's averaging right. like 12 or 13 assists.
2: Oh, and he's and also he's been-
0: turning the ball over a lot, but, you know, right. Okay.
2: And there, I mean, he's having his stuff blocked at the rim regularly. I mean, I think it was like three or four instances the other night. I, I think that was game. Yeah. Game three, but it's just a little, I don't want to say out of control because again, I, I think you want him to be a little reckless. Um, that's sort of his gift. He, he is a, like a chaos guy, but I just think there is a more studied brand of point guardism. that You kind of want, when the game tightens up. And um, he's been good. I I I feel look, the fact that you and I are sitting here critiquing him, I think speaks to not only his brilliance, but the level of potential. Like, you know, we're looking at a guy who's got a true shooting percentage of like 58, 59 in the series and saying, nah, so good. You know, I mean that that, that kind of speaks to that. But um, I think they did a nicer job of I mean, Bain has been fantastic and and they are so good when they kind of do that, almost Portland. Uh, you know, Damian, CJ, height of their offense, where they got these like perimeter actions and Bain is just coming off and shooting like, and he, he shot the lights out in game four, but they just haven't pieced it together. And frankly, I mean, we, we don't talk about him but Jaron Jackson jr. Who is a near max contract. I think starting next year, he has got to find his offensive game. Um, And they're not, I think going to get very far. If he is a wretch four who's sitting out in the corner, hitting, 29% of his three-pointers, you know, not getting paint touches um, on the bench constantly with foul trouble, you know, for all the town's foul trouble, you know, Jackson's been equally um, kind of in trouble.
0: You know, Dave, I I feel like Memphis is still a player away. I'm not, they have the, the megastar. Um, I still think they need another player. I think that their front office is probably going to, is probably going to spend a lot of time thinking about, how they can get that other player. Um, But one of the things that people were talking about coming into this series, and it was kind of, it did kind of make me stop for a second is that the Timberwolves had the better top end talent that Anthony Edwards and Carl towns were better than the Grizzlies top end talent. And Dave, you've covered the NBA for a really long time. You've covered a bunch of championship teams, top end talent in the playoffs is, is worth its weight in platinum. And so Uh, Maybe I didn't pay as much attention to that as I should, even though Anthony Edwards has not been what he could be in this series.
1: Um, Live podcast. We have a uh, vacuum situation here going on behind me. So I'm going to uh, (laughs) adjust my location. Sorry about that.
0: Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, boom, Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Supercuts. Let's face it, life is busy. Between work and family and more work, our to-do lists have a way of getting longer instead of shorter. Luckily, Supercuts is here to make at least the haircut part of your life easy. Supercuts is perfect for people who need a haircut, but don't have a ton of time for a haircut. No more scouring the web for salons with availability. You can use the Supercuts app to find the location nearest to you and check in or just walk in. Another bonus, the salon shows estimated wait times so you know exactly what you're in for. That way, you're only in salon when you need to be. and Don't expect to stay a while. As for the cut itself, it's always super solid. Thanks to Supercuts, highly trained stylists. Get in, get out, and get to that thing that you needed a haircut for. Whether you've got a big presentation coming up or a wedding, or you just need some upkeep, Supercuts makes getting a haircut effortless. It's not just any haircut. It's Supercuts. Check in now on the Supercuts app or on Supercuts.com.
1: Isn't up, the playoffs be great. Here. You end up in
2: bizarre conference rooms and hotels. Here we and, go. This is this will probably coffee work. Coffee
1: shops. Yeah. yeah, here we go. Uh, okay, so we're getting to what Memphis is, I mean, me, what yeah, what Memphis is gonna do in terms of adding another superstar. No, I was, I, was asking you about star.
0: The, I was asking about the top-end talent, about what about oh, okay. how important that is.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, let's start with Moran. And Brian, you termed him an ascending star, which certainly is career trajectory-wise. But right now, what he is revealing that he doesn't have to his game is his ability to ascend because his knee is not right. And he's someone who's not going to make excuses in terms of he's going to be out there and playing games, which – there's a lot more than can be said about some of the other young quote-unquote stars in the league right now and I don't even need to name the name because you can hear the distaste in my voice when I <laughs> uh, describe who we all know who I'm thinking about but at the same time he is not the full John Moran experience right now now it could be enough to get through Minnesota and still make a notable run but let's Remember that he missed nine games late in the regular season with that knee injury. And uh, he's still working through it as far as the rest of their team. I don't know if they need to have a star system. You want to get more out of Jaron Jackson junior offensively, but they remind me a little bit of the Miami heat team recovery right now, where Bam Adebayo has offensive skills, certainly, but they don't necessarily need him to do that. If he's going to be so locked in defensively because Whereas the heat have a guy like Duncan Robinson going off for 27 in game one, my, uh, Memphis has a Bane going for 20, uh, one night, uh, and then it's Tyus Jones the next night, et cetera, et cetera, on the, down the list on that roster.
0: Yeah. Um, I, it's a Kevin seeing them now for a week, I think at the start of the ser- at the start of the playoffs, there were some people who thought they would have a, you know, they match up well with Golden State, and they have some confidence against Golden State, and that they could, you know, potentially win that series if everything if things fell just right. And you know, who knows up against the Suns? Like there were, pe- I mean, they weren't, you know, a great odds, but there were people who saw them getting to the finals, and maybe they will. But um, whereas I have watched Golden. State, State and been more impressed. Whereas I have watched Boston and been more impressed. Even Milwaukee, uh, they haven't played perfectly, and they stubbed their toe, and they have the Middleton injury. But you can't watch Milwaukee um, and especially Grayson Allen, who's having an unconscious week, um, and not be say, "Boy, they the defending champs are impressive." Um, you know, I, I I'm not. I'm not feeling great about about the Grizzlies, even if they're able to get through this series. And, you know, that can change the playoffs, change teams, get through, get changed. But um, uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not even sure about their matchup with Golden State right now, if that's what ends up happening, Kevin.
2: And and, and you said it before, you're kind of a top end talent guy, which makes all the sense in the world. And their top end talent hasn't really played great. You know, uh, Dave brought up the, you know, Jaws complete health by the way i misspoke earlier he's not shooting 58 percent true shooting it's 50.4 which makes a lot more sense and isn't very yeah i was
0: like i I was like okay if you say so but okay no they're
2: shooting as a team 58 when he's on the floor so I, i mixed up which by the way is important right i mean that is like when he's on the floor they're a very good shooting team because and in fact that sort of speaks to something which is he's not shooting well but man this team shoots well when he's on the floor why because you have three Minnesota defenders collapsing on him. And when he can get the ball out to Desmond Bain, for instance, on the left wing, you know, who is shooting the lights out, they score points and, and, just, and he gets not only a, 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 an actual assist, but you see the dynamic working, which is even when he's not shooting well, he's able to empower other players. Um, but to your point, do they have enough? And it's a term I use a ton, but I'm sorry. It is the mother's milk of basketball shot creation right? This is everything we're talking about is that. And, and, you know, Brooks can have moments. He's a good bully baller. Bain is a knockout shooter. You know, Jackson theoretically can contribute. I don't mean to bag on him all the time, but like,
0: <laughs> yeah, but he's I mean, a major... you're, it's very clear <laughs> that you're not impressed with the way uh, Jaron Jackson's playing in this series. And that's what, I, that's why you're here. That's what I want to hear.
2: Right. And, and, and it's like, like to your point, if they're going to have a chance against the golden state, they're going to have to get some front court production that isn't Hey, Brandon Clark catching lobs, which he is wonderful at, but they're going to have to, the foreman is so important in today's game. And you see it in every single series. And, you know, in Jackson, you could argue is even really a five, but um, defensively, and and they're getting, they just don't have a lot up there. There's not, and look, look, they're never going to be a post team. It's just not where Taylor Jackson lives. It's not where Taylor Jenkins lives, Um, but it's, um, that is that is a major facet here is they have their second best player. If you think he is your second best player, he is paid like your second best player is not on the floor. And when he is, he's marginal. He has far fewer field goals made than he has personal fouls.
0: Not good. (laughs) Um, So this isn't exactly a hard hitting uh, expert analysis, but whoever wins game five in this series is probably going to win the series. Um, But I really and I still believe Memphis will, but I, I really – these teams' youth is so in your face, and you feel it all the time. You feel their talent. You see what Towns can do. You see what Edwards can do. You can see Morant. Um, you, you see Bain. Like, but th- th- there's so much youth in this series that it's, it it's kind of makes it unpredictable. And I wouldn't, I mean, this is obvious because we saw that crazy game three where there was these wild swings, wolves up by 20, tie game, wolves up by 20, lose by five or whatever it was. Um, It's going to be a roller coaster. Um, It's going to be a roller coaster even within these games. And that's a victory, I think, for Minnesota. If it's a scramble and it comes to that and it's just like who can put together five good possessions in the, in the minute that it matters to maybe win the 50, 50 game. Like, you know, frankly, if Memphis is serious about being a contender and again, I, I've described it as they need their Andre Iguodala move, which is ironic because they had Andre Iguodala last year or whatever, whatever it was two years ago. Um, and, uh, or their David West move, which I remember when the Pacers had these young guys and they brought in David West. And I don't know who that player is to be clear. I'm not saying, Oh, go do this. Um, But if Memphis is Memphis finding itself in this position is a reminder of, you know, why their status is, is a little bit held back because, because they've got all that youth and why you need experience at this level.
2: Right. Right. Youth is high variance. Right. Like that. That is yeah. exactly what you're saying. And it's why, frankly, in the playoffs, you know, I like the, you, know, you like the top talent. guys. I like the old guys. Right. Like like generally speaking, you know, it took Milwaukee kind of growing up and having and you looked at oh, holiday, Middleton and, and Giannis. Now that those are grownups. Right. These guys aren't really grown up yet. And it kind of speaks to their wonderful potential. And I agree with you. They need you know, it's funny what it is, Kyle Anderson, who can actually shoot. Or or has some offensive game, right? Like they need that kind of glue guy. I just and I love Kyle, and we all appreciate his, the, the, the wizardry of his slowness. But at the end of the day, he's just not as no, enough of an offensive threat um, to be that guy. Though he does provide some glue, but like they have Elmer's glue, and that what they need is what you're saying is they need like that that stuff that you put on the guy. And he's like hanging from the thing, like the, the crazy glue.
1: Like that's that's what Gorilla that, grip. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yes, but that one. That I couldn't they. I, I met with uh, Zach climate, their GM during the regular season. He has a wonderful story himself. Uh, not just his team. He used to be a game night public relations intern for the Lakers years ago. And I used to cover the team and we've stayed in touch since. And he told how me, how do you feel far-
0: about his, how do you feel about his Duke roots? Dave, do you, can you get past his Duke <laughs> roots as you wear your Syracuse? It's just law uh, school though. It, it's not right. undergrad. So you, uh, rejected it. Counts, <laughs> Brian, Duke, I, Duke counts.
1: I would love for you to do a full web exclusive only rant on your full uh, Duke ethos at, at some point, Brian. But <laughs> uh, but Zach told me that he is in no rush, and that's the beauty of their team construction right now. Or he felt like, yes, we have these assets, and yes, a window is opening for us, but we don't need to go and choose that player mid-season. Let's see how this year plays out. Let's see how we perform on the brightest stage and then adjust from there. Now, the question is, as Kevin was laying out, the player would be perfect for them. I'm thinking about a player I'm covering this series in P.J. Tucker. But the problem is, if so long as a place like Miami has a championship contender plus is Miami or San Francisco has that, or one of the LA teams has that you're going to lose out on these marquee guys who are veterans, uh, because they can offer the locale plus the winning experience to take a pay cut to, to join, uh, the group. Whereas, Hey, Memphis, we all like barbecue here, but it, it doesn't offer the same thing.
0: That's true. <clears throat> well, Heywood Dallas still gets ripped because he didn't play there. And I, I wonder what would happen if he did. Although, um they're i'm sure, I'm sure he year.
1: cries himself to sleep at night about about
0: that <laughs> I'm sure that's i mean right.
2: look in this series it might not matter because we what you're saying you both you're saying is you know and what i would say is eventually jackson needs to move to the five and they need a four four-man like iguodala who's you know essentially now in the modern game four, pj tucker that guy who can you know do that thing and and the problem is is you know one of the reasons And going back and kind of in my final analysis, what makes Minnesota so tough is Jackson, you know, you you lose him as a help defender. If you put him in the five and he's guarding Towns, he will last on the floor for seven minutes before he gets three fouls against Towns. You know, for all of his touting as defensive player in the year, the guy can't stay on the floor.
0: Well, and I I had a scout actually suggest that to me that. Because I expressed my kind of disappointment in Memphis this series. And he said it's a terrible matchup for them. It it may say two versus seven, but it's not really a two versus seven. And under a different matchup, you'd see a different performance. And their their difficulty handling towns is it speaks to that. Um, okay. So here in New Orleans, um, you know, I was at the opening night this year. Uh they played Philadelphia. Is <clears throat> as, as I recall, this could be proven wrong to me, so don't you know, use this against me. But as I recall, the game was not sold out. Um, there was a complete lack of energy in the building. Uh, Zion had obvious was obviously out. He didn't even in, in what I think was a sort of a classic thing. And I know it's was probably just a, a miscommunication, but you know, on opening night, they announce all the players, they run out of the tunnel and they shoot up, you know, f- you know, smoke. So they're introducing all these players and it comes to Zion and Zion is out indefinitely. It's the only time the, um, The, uh, the fans are going to get to see him, you know, for a while. And they thought he was coming out and they say, Zion Williamson, the crowd puts up the biggest cheer. The, The smoke goes off. No Zion. He came out midway, you know, he came out a few minutes later, just didn't come out. And I was just like, you know, come on, man. But my point is, is that there was not much going on here in new Orleans at that point. And then I come here for the playoff games and the crowd is absolutely in love with this team. And you talk about your David West, your Andre Iguodala move, the Pelicans made it. They traded for CJ McCollum and CJ McCollum is not a perfect player. And CJ McCollum not, may not get him to the promised land, but that move solidified roles, gave them a veteran leader who's got a ton of playoff experience and it's made a huge difference. I mentioned the way Brandon Ingram is playing. Brandon Ingram in game two of this series scored 37 points, hit three or four shots in the fourth quarter of that game where the Suns players were all over him up in his uniform because he is six foot 10, six foot 11, and is almost indefensible. And I can't tell you how much this town is in love with Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado. Those two rookies, um, And it's not just a gimmick. Jose Alvarado is not a gimmick. He is a glorified, he is a certified pest. And he got, he unnerved Christopher Paul in game four of this series. Chris Paul was so frustrated with uh, Grand Theft Alvarado, as they call him, um, that he got a flagrant foul, which he borderline could have been ejected for you know i was fine with him not being ejected but i've seen lesser guys get ejected in the fourth quarter when when they had lost control of the game he alvarado's up on top of him he's poking the ball away from him he he harassed him into an eight second call he stole the ball from him chris paul got so frustrated that he he's he he um body slammed to herb jones and um, then he got a technical complaining um he and herb jones got into it and then at one point herb jones was on the ground uh the, the the pelicans had the game in hand and chris paul went over to help him up and herb looked at him and was like hell no i'm not letting you pick me up i don't trust you And you know what he's right i wouldn't trust him either and so look this series is 2-2 because devin booker got hurt okay the the, the, the the Suns won game one by 11 points, although it was, it, was, it was closer than that going into the fourth quarter. And in game two, Booker puts up 31 in the first half. I was writing the story about Booker breaking Charles Barkley's Suns record of 56 points. I wasn't sure he was going to get there, but I was preparing to file a story. Devin Booker breaks Charles Barkley's record. He scored 31 points without even taking a free throw, okay? And in the third quarter of that game, He pulls his hamstring. That's why it's 2-2. But the Pelicans situation from mid-season to now is an example of why teams shouldn't necessarily give up on seasons and why you always keep grinding. They won 36 games. There hasn't been a team win 36 games. I'll give this a trivia question for you. You guys won't get it, but it'll just be interesting to hear you laugh. This isn't our CarMax trivia question. That's what Bontemps does, but here's a little bonus CarMax trivia question. You won't get it. I'm just going to be honest with you. The last time a team with 36 wins, because that's what they had, won a playoff series. Do you even want to hazard a guess? Don't you have to tell me who it is. You can just guess the year. I'm not even sure you'd guess the decade. I know who
1: almost won.
2: I know the Hawks took that great Celtics team to seven games, having won 36 or 37 games, but I don't know who
1: won. Oh, no, that Hawks Do team won. had to be, they were over 500, weren't they? No, no, no. They they
2: won 37 games.
1: No, they won like 37 games. I'm going to go like they didn't win. They didn't win the Super Old School Toronto Huskies.
0: (laughs) It was in 1976. The Toronto Huskies weren't around anymore. But 1976, before uh, I was born, um, was the last time a 36 win team won a playoff. So they won 36 games and they got lucky, right? Paul George got COVID. Maybe they win the game anyway. Paul George gets COVID and, uh, and they're able to get through the play in. Devin Booker gets hurt. I don't know when he's going to come back. Uh, hamstring injuries usually don't heal in days. They heal in weeks. But, you know, Booker can Booker has played through hamstring injuries in the past, so maybe he comes back in this series. Um, but they completely have kept on fighting. They have a total identity now. And, you know, they, they have re-energized this whole city. You know, Willie Green... Um, I think it was in the game against the Spurs, the first play-in game. He makes that speech. Um, uh, you know that you know he Willie Green's a pretty laid-back guy. It's you know the fact that he was an assistant under Monty Williams and Steve Kerr is not an accident. He, um, you know he's a laid-back guy. He doesn't usually get fiery. Uh, well, in that game against the Spurs, he went on this rant, and it was on TNT or ESPN. I can't remember which. Where he, like you know, is firing his guys up, and they, even the players were like, "He's never done that." And one of the key moments is, "We got to fight. We got to fight." So, and this is just, this is what a good organization does. Okay. The final episode is here, exclusively on ESPN Plus, which means all episodes are now streaming. Man in the arena, Tom Brady, twenty-two seasons and ten Super Bowl appearances. Tom Brady, like you've never heard him featuring Tom Brady's three sisters, Giselle Buncheon, Tom Brady Sr., Rob Gronkowski, Michael Strahan, and more. All episodes now streaming on ESPN Plus, presented by Under Armour. Com. sign up today claim based on total games carried on sports networks sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package for the ones who get it done ranger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Everybody in the, in, in the, in the arena last night has, we got a fight on their, on their, um on their shirts. They put the t-shirts out. It's the start of the Nicely fourth quarter. Nicely done Pelicans yes.
2: marketing department.
0: Right. Okay. So we got a fight. Start of the fourth quarter. Uh, The sons of the best fourth quarter team in the NBA the best clutch team in the NBA, one of the best clutch teams I've ever seen. Chris Paul has had two absolutely killer fourth quarters in this series, two 19-point fourth quarters. So we're going into the start of the fourth quarter. It's um, a 10 point game. Pelicans are in good shape, but obviously the Suns, they can overcome that. They shut off all the lights in the whole building, which I wasn't, I wasn't even sure you were allowed to do, but they shut off the entire lights in the whole building. Like it's the pregame introductions. Again, this is in the timeout between the third quarter and fourth quarter. And they play a montage highlighted by Willie green speech. They basically replay Willie Green's speech in the middle of the dark with, we got a fight as the, and it fired the crowd up. the crowd was going crazy. And like, I was like, you're like, this is not a 36 win team. And so Zion Williamson is sitting there and he has got the biggest smile on his face. And I, and look, I, Rightfully agree that the Zion Pelicans relationship has been rocky and rough, and it may continue to be rocky and rough, but from where I sit, it sure as hell looks like they have got Zion engaged in this team, and why wouldn't you be? That's the big picture. Zion has bonded with C.J. McCollum, and that I defy you to go have been at that game last night uh, Sunday night and think that there's nothing but great things ahead for this Pelicans team. And so Dave, they've got to three game series. Now. Um, I am not, I am not doubting Devin Booker. I just, it's, it's a tough hamstring injury. Um, I mentioned Brandon Ingram's playing well. Uh, Chris Paul is trying to moderate his energy. Um, he's trying to save it for the fourth quarter, but it's hard. They're not, it's, it's, it's hard to ask that he's playing high minute loads. I still believe in the Suns and I still am a big believer that the Suns can, can win the whole thing. But there is definitely cracks in the armor that I've seen this last couple of games.
1: They had to be able to win it without Booker. That has to be the mentality. And it is not Chris Paul needing to score 19 in the fourth. That's not a sustainable method, even though he's been brilliant. I think he has more or he has what, two 19 point fourth quarters himself for the rest yeah. of the league since the start of the season has two, which <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that says it right there.
0: He has but, two in the series, right? In, in the, the series.
1: series. To, right. Yeah. So two in the last three games, but to the last four games, but look at the shamits, the crowders, the bridges, that's where it's going to need to come from. Make it up there, get out, make defensive stops, get in transition, make the game easier on yourself because Brandon Ingram is going to continue to be a problem here. Um, just two points I wanted to make before I hand the baton off to Kevin on this. One, talking about Zion experiencing this playoff series and seeing what it's like to be a part of that environment. It reminds me of Kevin Levin, 14-15, for the Cavs, where that season was rife with turmoil for him. For sure. Culminating with a foul You know, in the bad. Boston series in the first round, he gets hurt. But he sees that run from that point on and and falls in love with the environment that the Cavs are building in Cleveland and ends up re-signing and, and is now the elder statesman of that Cavs team, the only guy remaining. Also, another Cavs connection here, but that's how my brain goes. Jose Alvarado, you know who he reminds me of? How he's making his bones right now? Teron Liu, when he was first playing for the Lakers. That's how he became known, not getting stepped over by Allen Iverson, having five steals in that finals game against Iverson, many of them against Iverson prior to that moment, and being someone that Phil Jackson could rely on to just completely disrupt what's going on and be having no governor in terms of, I'm going to fully expend myself on that end, that can do so much for a team. Um, I think Alvarado has a bright future. This isn't some one-trick pony.
0: Yeah, uh, Kevin. uh, When when Alvarado does something the crowd likes, which is often, on with hustle. um, Although Herb Jones is the more impactful defensive player, he blocked three three pointers last night. One he got like I don't know. It was brilliant. Thirteen feet in the air. Um, How about this? As long as I have obscure trivia, who was the last player to block three three pointers in a playoff game? You'll never get it. The guy is active in the playoffs. In fact, he played in yesterday. He played yesterday. If you get this, I will buy you a twenty-nine-inch Ramoa oh. suitcase, Kevin.
2: Oh, okay, 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 okay. Hold on. That 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 them fighting words.
0: Um, <laughs> hold on. you only get I, one I, guess, just for the record. But you will. All right, all right. But well, I can you
2: you were saying this person was active yesterday.
0: He played in an NBA playoff game yesterday, Sunday. He
2: played in an NBA. You
0: won't, playoff game. Wait, you won't get it. You won't
2: get it. Did Rudy get on the floor? Rudy Gay. Wait, this is going to. This is going to completely torment
0: me. Three um, three-point shots blocked in a playoff no. series. And by the way, I'll even give this. It happened in 2019. How about that?
1: We both get a guess.
0: You're not getting a suitcase. Was it, right it Pat, Was it your Pat memory... Connaughton. <laughs> Pat Connaughton. I'm just going to say Pat No, you Googled it.
2: No, I didn't. No, it.
0: I swear to God. Look, I screen share. I'm in oh trouble my God. With I'm in trouble Was it, it Connaughton? Way to go, Kevin. There is... Shout i swear out. to god how would i out, google brian. that
1: in 15 seconds
0: i am going to call for an investigation No,
1: i believe kevin he would not lie his face is on
0: screen the whole is time is there anything in the chat we're gonna have an investigation I, this is an investigation
1: <laughs> what is that let's set you back brian what's about five six hundred let's go kev <sighs> this is great we you could offer dinner we you will do it in installments you do the first this, you'll do like the is, four wheels a, and then the casing and then terrible
0: yeah. way to start us to start a week <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's right.
1: gorgie dang so i mean more power to cover i i i,
0: I
2: no because i knew it was gonna it, it, it had to be a, it had to be a wing and it had to be an athletic right. wing and right. the way you said it you'll never get it man it wasn't going to be like you know or Zach Levine you know, or something else. Yeah, yeah, it was going to yeah, be a right. reserve All
0: right. guy. All right, All right. I, well, we're going to talk more about yesterday. this later. You're going to be hearing from my attorney. <laughs> you gave
2: me too much. You 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 uh, thought you were being deceptive, I, but actually I you were still, leading me right to your the defense.
0: Pass. I'm, I still reject your defense. I, I I'm I'm going to review the chat logs. You
1: are straight up calling him a bull. No, no, no,
2: hey, you no. Hey,
0: Brian, Brian, I'm as they tell you s- why.
2: as they say in my country, Emmis, man. I'm telling you.
0: Um, it was in so, it was in the ESPN stats and info Slack channel, McMenamin. So was I'm, it? I'm, and, and, I oh, yeah, wasn't was, on. You, there you should you should act. You should act. All right. So day. as
2: part of the investigation, you will go to our Slack usage and you will find that I did not log on yesterday
0: because <laughs> I was flying
2: <laughs> between two Midwestern cities. All right,
0: um, we've gotten we've gotten.
2: Uh, all right, all right. I'm I all have a, I have a bunch of points to make. I've got a bunch of points to make. Um, your Zion case is very interesting because, as we know, one of the great sort of subplots in this league are, oh my God, is high draft pick superstar going to stay in this market when they haven't won? Oh my God, team X has to do this. They have to show him blah, blah, blah. It's so interesting that right now you could say the same thing about Zion as you could say about Carl Anthony towns. When you think about what his press day press conference was like I mean this was a guy who hey he had one foot out that I, I've been here seven and, and, you, and you also understand it Devin Booker was another guy I mean how many years did we talk about he's going to the Knicks he's going to the Knicks when the hell is the last time anyone has questioned Devin Booker you know leaving Phoenix at this point right and so what you're saying is so important in the sense that these franchises are so desperate to maintain, maintain their stars and they have to do it and the truth is yes the health Group is important, and the this is important, and we got a new facility, and look. But at the end of the day, it's winning. It's winning. You you want a guy to stay, you win. Um, the other thing is, is what I love about this team is you know three and sixteen. Everything's been said, but I don't know if they're going to win this series. I, I don't know how, what their fate is this season. But when I, you start to look at the construct of this small market team, you know you look at a guy like Alvarado. Looks like Fred Bleet to me, undrafted you know, defensive player of the year in, in the ACC, by the way, which is no child liver, but already emerging as a pesky point guard who can shoot. And the way a franchise like this moves forward is you have to find those guys. They're not going to land. You're not, you're certainly not going to get them in free agency, right? You look at Herbert Jones, you know, no one had him playing this way, looking a little bit like a six, seven, two way guard, or sorry, six, seven, two way wing kind of OG and ish. You know, like all of a sudden you're finding guys in the rough that, you know, we're not well, we're, this is how a team in a, in a front office can actually, you know, create a winner. Um, we can talk about, oh, CJ McCollum, did you really want to take on three years and a hundred million, it's not your timetable. And I think you answered the question at the top of the segment, Brian, which is you damn well do, right? And so uh, I think whatever happens to them in this series and who knows, and you're right, if Booker's playing, we're not having this conversation, but for the first time in a very long time, I think we can all agree the New Orleans Pelicans have an optimistic road ahead. And, and I think that is what a playoff can do for its so team, man. irrespective of how far they go.
0: We don't speak, Dave, I don't know if you've heard this, but we don't speak about a certain team based in South, uh, South, um, Southern California right now uh-huh. until the season is over. But that team has a draft pick that is currently eighth. What happens if that pick moves up? What happens if that pick moves up? I'm not even saying to one, I'm just saying what happens if the pick goes to three or four.
1: It does so, not convey to that team in Southern California. That's what happens. No, it does.
0: It's it does unprotected. It is an unprotected pick. Unprotected. Oh, I, dangerous. I
1: said, it, I said it does not convey.
0: Oh, it doesn't convey to yeah, yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes, it stays yes. in New Orleans. That's right. Correct. Yes. Um, yeah, so here's what I'd say about the Suns. Um, Dave, I think you're right. Um, and Monty Williams was saying the same thing. He complained about the officiating, and there were some, some calls that didn't go their way. Uh, the, the free throw differential was 42 to 15. I was wondering to myself as I was seeing it, I go, I wonder if Monty's going to come in and go to that. You know, sometimes it's one of those things that you can't go to every time, and you, it's like a, there's like a strategy move. He did, he went to it. Um, but he was the first to say that, you know, that, that they, it's not just about losing Booker. They were, they were nine and five when Booker didn't play during the regular season, eight and three in real games. Cause he sat a couple at the end where they were sitting a bunch of guys, eight and three when Booker didn't play in real games, they won game three in new Orleans without him. Um, they should really get through this series without Booker, uh, Jay Crowder, who was being just, <laughs> the fans were all over him. Um, he's playing hard against, uh, Brandon Ingram, but Ingram is eating his lunch because Ingram is just a beast and he missed his first 15, three pointers. He finally made one, um, after the crowd was, ch- was chanting bleep, Jay Crowder bleep, Jay Crowder. He hit a three, um, but he had been zero of 15. Cam Johnson has gone to the starting lineup. <clears throat> Excuse me. has gone to the starting lineup to replace Booker. He's six of 19, um, You know, Chris Paul had a four-point game, a four-point game. He scored four points in the first six minutes, didn't score again. Not a single, didn't get to the free throw line once. Um, Though that is abnormal for the Suns. The Suns are a better team than this. They're a more resilient team than this. I expect them to strike back. But because of what has happened here, because of the Booker injury, they have now put themselves in danger. And it's so hard to win a title. And there's so many things that have to go your way that putting yourself in danger in the first round in a 1-8 matchup, regardless of how the opponent is, you know, having things go their way a little bit is, is not a good place to go. All right, before we go, Dave, I want to touch on the series that you have been covering more. Uh, well, first off, I thought Trey Young's comments, um, you know, we've talked and everyone's talked a lot about the job that the Celtics have done on Durant. The job, the Miami Heat, have done on Trey Young in this series. I think he's averaging 16 points a game. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but it's not just about this series, but about where Miami goes in the East, and they're facing potentially a Philly team where Embiid's got a messed up hand, and they are showing their chops. So um, has have the Heat impressed you in these first four games?
1: Yeah, Brian, there's no better way for me to describe the Heat defense than comparing it to the polycarbonate hard shell of a Ramoa (laughs) suitcase. It is just impenetrable right now what they bring to the table. And it's so serious is kind of the term that comes to mind because they really take every possession by possession, and there are a – championship head coach, Eric Spolstra going manic on the sidelines, expressing to them that we need to take this possession with urgency. And that happens over and over again in the third quarter of game four, when it was already clearly looking like the heat were going to go up three, one, you had Jimmy Butler and PJ Tucker getting at one another, like at each other's throats, pointing, yelling. And I asked both of them about it after the game. And Jimmy said, like, Hey, PJ's a champ. I want to be a champ, and PJ said, "Listen, like we are all about taking this so serious because we want to advance and keep advancing, and that allows us to have our communication be terse in those moments and not have it bleed into over anything that's that's negative. It's literally that is our tone, and we are coming ready to battle every game. Uh, Very impressive, and that's with." Their offense being lackluster, Kyle Lauer, even before he got hurt, wasn't doing anything offensively. Bam out of bio, still doesn't look in rhythm after missing that week or so with COVID-19 protocols uh, at the finale of the regular season. But you're getting enough offensively from Jimmy. There's one or two guys each game that that hit from the outside, whether it be Duncan Robinson or Max Struess. And then their defense is just a behemoth. Uh, yeah. and they all know what they're doing.
0: It's a little worrisome that Lowry is out with the hamstring, but he's he's going to get a rest, it looks like. Um, Kevin, you know Eric Spolstra and the Heat very well. I, I was stunned that the Heat were the fifth favorite. I Obviously, I don't bet. I thought it was crazy that the Nets remained the favorite in the East all the way through. I thought it was wild. The Heat came into this postseason as number one seed as the number five favorite to win the Eastern conference. I don't know how you could look at the way they're playing in the series and still feel that that's true.
2: No. And, 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 and part of their genius is in speaking to kind of Lowry's injury or, or the fact that bam, you know, isn't played great is when you have a system, the great thing about that system is it accommodates next man up, right? Because you kind of just fit into that role. You know, you're able to do, and look, you know, Vincent's never going to be Kyle Lowry and, and and certainly whoever eats minutes for, for Adebayo is not going to be that guy. But, you know, the integrity of the system stays the same, right? The Spurs did this really well. And you're not playing ad hoc. You have a, a defense, is, as Dave said, that just works no matter who is on the floor. Yes, it requires a little personnel. You're going to get a little more from Jimmy than you will from Duncan Robinson, but but it, it all works. I mean, it, Atlanta is, is is interesting. You know, they're a really low turnover team in the regular season. They are losing this series on the margins in addition to just the regular stuff, right? Like they're turning the ball over, um, they're getting killed on the boards. Their transition defense is just piss poor. Um, they have a really interesting off season. I know we're talking about the postseason right now, but and you know, I don't want to bury a team three-one, but let's face it, um, they have a really interesting. Something is not working, and generally, you would say the defense. But you know, DeAndre Hunter is actually has the worst defensive rating on the team in the postseason, even though he is their best defender. Like something is not right, and it's one of those difficult situations, kind of like Portland was, where you can't say, "Oh, that guy needs to go." Like, "Oh, trade Collins?" Really? <laughs> like obviously, Trey is your 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 linchpin. You know, "Oh, trade DeAndre Hunter?" Really? Because that's the only guy playing wing defense. And you go up and down the roster, and you say, "Well, trade that guy." Well, I you know, and so but they're going to have to do something because. You know, the big question is, is this the outlier or was last season the outlier? I'm starting to really believe it was last season is the outlier. And, and maybe that's presentism, but what the hell? I mean, um, but they're uh, they're an uninspiring basketball team. And as fun as they can be um, offensively, it, it just I, I'm sorry. You can't write a double screen up top to a championship like they're a novelty act right now. They're not a real contender. And until they figure out the composition of that roster, like it's gonna, there's gonna be a lot of this anytime they play a, a decent defensive basketball
1: team. Yeah.
0: They have in, a in their lot. defense, yeah. I
1: will say quickly: Clint Capella missed the entire series up to Game Four and was limited in Game Four in terms of minutes. He's been out with a hyperextended right knee. John Collins missed about a month prior to the start of the playoffs, or sort of, sort of the series, I should say, with hand and foot injuries, and he hasn't looked like himself. If you have those two players doing what they do, combined with Trey Young, combined with Bogdan Bogdanovic, who's been great this series, and even DeLon Wright's had some moments, uh, and you've seen something from Onyeka Okongwu. Like, it's, it's not that you say this team is lost. Uh, game one, they are coming off the quick turnaround 36 hours after winning that emotional game in Cleveland. Like, in a different circumstance against a less serious team, Uh, I I sure they would be okay,
2: but Dave, they're the 26th ranked defense in the, in the, in the regular season. They're like third from the bottom in the playoffs. Like, Hey, and I have a little tough love because I'm from Atlanta and, you know, I grew up with this team but like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. And, and, but meanwhile, Capella probably isn't playable in a fair number of series, which is not his fault. It's just the reality of big man life in the NBA. And, and and look, you're, you're following the series much close, more closely than I am, but I'm just, I've seen enough. I've seen enough. I've seen enough to believe this is a putrid defensive team, no matter who is on the floor and no matter who is not running back in transition. And Trey young is a sieve. And when you start watching good defensive teams where their point guard can fight over, you know, God, it's like if you've ever watched an Atlanta Hawk first half and then change the channel and watch the Milwaukee bucks in the second half. And you go from watching Trey young to drew holiday. It's, 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 it's like, it's like being beamed into the future. <laughs> it, 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 it's like, I'm sorry, they're just defective. And, you know, I know they had a nice run last season, but this team is going nowhere. With this defensive composition, I don't know if it's a system. I think Dave McMillan's generally generally historically a good defensive coach. Yeah, I don't mean to rant, but I don't care. Who, I don't care if Tree Rollins is out there. John Koncak. I don't care. Like, <laughs> like is oh, still
0: under contract.
2: I think he's still getting paid. Like, <laughs> like with like Bobby Bonilla. You know, I think it's like <laughs> one of those. But um no, but all I'm saying is I got to tell you, like, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's defective, and it starts at the top of the floor. And they're going to have to figure out um, whether Trey Young ever wants to fight through a screen in his entire life. They're going to have to figure out if a wing not named DeAndre Hunter is not a blow by Matador. And, and and who the hell? What can Capella do? <laughs> like what can he do?
0: Well, I think the um,
1: existential question is Trey Young. Can Trey Young provide a modicum of defense where it's not playing a four on five? And if he can't is everything he yeah. brings offensively worth it. And that's that's what, to me, is what this team needs to figure well, out. Well,
2: they wanted to be Warriors East. Now's about the time to figure out how to be Steph Curry, where you play a passable brand of team defense. So you want to be Warriors East? This is what it looks like. Um, you, you got to have to figure out how that guy can accommodate, be accommodated in a system. Oh, it also would help if you had a Draymond Green as well.
0: Right. Well, they're a very expensive team, and they're about to yes, get more are. expensive because I think – Trey Young is going to make all NBA and and trigger um, the Rose provision and get his uh, super max. And um, they got to pay Deandre Hunter. And I just don't know. I, I would be very surprised if that team looks the same next season um, before we go on, on the heat, Jimmy Butler, after having a season full of nagging injuries um, and just, you know, I mean, he had a good year, but he just was, he was, wasn't right the whole year. Well, he is, Come roaring to life in this series. He has had a couple of spectacular games, um, and that is a great sign for the Heat. And you guys know how I feel about Embiid. I voted for him for um, for MVP, and I really felt this was going to be a huge playoff moment for him. I I, I, feel, I mean, I wasn't predicting him to win the East, but I thought he was going to absolutely have a, a, a elevate and have a transcendent playoffs. This injury that he has. I've covered five or six players over the years who've had this injury. It's an auto surgery auto. It's six weeks. Uh, I remember I covered Shaquille O'Neal when he had it. He, he, I remember he told me, he goes, I can't hold the ball. Um, uh, Mike Miller do it, did it to both thumbs in the same season, had to have two surgeries. Um, Bam Adebayo had it happen to him earlier this year and he missed, I think six or seven weeks. Um, Mike Miller's
1: dad, Eli (laughs) Gemstone.
0: He, he, I do believe, I think he can shoot it, but I mean, his rebounding and passing are vital to them. I think, um, Bontemps, he's covering the series. He told me that in the first game after the injury and beat out his fewest rebound rebounds in six weeks, of course, it could be just a one-off. And, you know, Doc Rivers said he thinks he'll get to play with it. But, um, you know, I think eight days or whatever it is, 10 days into these playoffs, uh, advantage Warriors because the Grizzlies and Suns are looking a little rough. Advantage Miami Heat because they're looking good and Philly's best player just got hurt. So um, and we'll see how that plays out. And Boston. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I, we, yeah. That's we were me. big believers on this podcast in Boston already. Um, they were, you know, the number one defensive team in the league for a reason in the second half. So, uh, uh, but Boston's. Um, Boston still got to potentially play Milwaukee. That didn't, their path didn't get any easier. Although I guess Middleton got hurt. So we'll see how that goes. Hey, Dave, thanks for, uh, making time for this. Dave's got to get on to Miami. Kevin, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I appreciate our producer Jackson. Who's going to edit out my promise of a Vermoa suitcase <laughs> to Kevin <laughs> as I engage an attorney. Thank you. We'll see the Hoop Collective podcast. We'll talk to you later this week. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash hoop, all lowercase go to shopify.com/hoop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com/hoop